Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They will be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You are encouraged to call in and share your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Are you ready for your dose of hope? You're listening to Pause IM Radio. And welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. And this evening, I'm joined by the fabulous Jeremy Dunn, live out of New York. Hello, Jeremy. Well, hello. Sorry um, if you heard some rustling. I was just throwing out my, um, my, my Caesar salad tin. And now I'm going to open my Dr. Pepper. So how, how are you? How's New York? New York's great. I'm excited. Um, uh, I'm all packed, and I am ready to move. Um, I, my move-in date is March 9th, and people are probably wondering, why is Jeremy packed so early? Because I'm going to Cancun on Wednesday. <laughs> so I won't be here next week. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I am getting yeah. out of the weather. <laughs> Lucky you. Absolutely. I'm going to be laying on the beach, getting tanned and drinking virgin Mai Tais and daiquiris. There you go. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be a blast. Are you kidding? It's more than a blast. Next week, Jack will be sitting in for you. Oh, uh, good. So when we, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a good show. So we'll talk about that later on tonight. Um, but um, good. I'm excited that you're going to get away. You need to get a little vacation. I think that's good every once in a while. It, it helps the HIV. Well, you know what? I haven't been on a vacation in so long. And when I, I tend to go on a vacation, I'm usually working of some sort, you know, either doing something with HIV or, or you know, I'm actually working. So it, right. it's, it, it's nice that I am going away to do absolutely nothing. Nothing nice. at all. And, and Charlie, she is going to a doggy hotel. She's going to get pampered. She's going to get trimmed up. She's going to get groomed. She's looking at me like, you're insane. And she's staying in the Waikiki suite. I kid you not. The dog is staying in the Waikiki room. <laughs> well, it sounds like one lucky dog. Oh, she's a, are you kidding? She, she's a very lucky dog. Very lucky dog. Actually, I'm the lucky one. She keeps me comfortable. We have we have our deep conversation. <laughs> well, that's always good. We always need somebody like that in our life. Exactly, exactly. So, what's been going so, on with you? 
Nothing, kind of same shit, different day, just working, um, you know, just trying to get everything situated, trying to put the pieces back together, you know, in my life. Uh, it's been a little crazy the last couple of months, so I'm just trying to, you know, level it out and, and just make it smooth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just it's a lot of stress, and, you know, people probably have noticed that we I usually have the guests booked in advance, and it's, I've kind of been very kind of lazy with it, so I need to get back into the swing of, of doing this because I feel like I'm, I don't know, I feel like I need to do it. It's important. And, you know, the last show that we did last week with Hot Topics was, was a pretty big hit. You know, it was uh, it was listened to quite a few times in, in the downloads or on iTunes. So, um, you know, it just showed me that it's important that we, we continue to do this. So, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of excited. I'm excited for tonight's guest. It's going to be a great topic. I already see that the chat room over on Blog Talk Radio is already starting to fill up with people. So that's exciting. Um, I just want to welcome everybody who's there. We'll be taking calls later in the show tonight. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Jake Forth, who is an 18-year-old um, high school senior um, who was diagnosed HIV positive at the age of 17. So we're going to be able to talk to somebody who, you know, is in high school and actually knows what it's like, you know what I mean, to to deal with HIV on, on a normal basis. And that, you know, we don't really get that. I think we've only spoken to one or two other people under the age of 21 before on the show. So I think it's important that we get, um, you know, the next generation's perspective because they are the ones who are going to be, you know, holding the torches up when, when we're ready to put them down. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, what's, what's interesting is that uh, we, so, so he's, Jake is coming on. And what, you know, I think all of our listeners know this, and uh, or many of our listeners know this, I should say. And um, there are, it, 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 the the rate of infection um, of individuals from um, from from eighteen to twenty five is the highest age bracket that's being affected today. I think that's really why he is, you know, starting to talk about it. I mean, it hasn't even been a year for him. July this year. Yeah, I know. I, I, I saw that. I saw that on his, uh, on his bio. And um, hold on. I've got to turn, I've got to turn the Oscars down a little bit. This is distracting. Um, so, 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 uh, and I'll, I'll get to the Oscars here in a second. Um, but you know, it, it's 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 interesting that that we're going to have him on. And, and what's also interesting is that in that age bracket, the eighteen to twenty-five, mm-hmm. make up a twenty-five percent, a quarter of all new infections. That's crazy. That's huge. That's that's huge. So um, so it, it, it's just. It's just a reminder that people have that that we need to talk about uh, AIDS and HIV in 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 schools. We have to get out there. We have to talk about it, and and we have to um, we have to engage in 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 meaningful discussion. We can't always engage in telling people. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this, and don't do that. You know, it, because that never that that doesn't that doesn't work anymore. Right. What we have to what we have to do 
is we have to give people and we have to give kids today the information. We have to give them the 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 information to make to make um, informed decisions. And uh, you know, it's not about making mistakes. It's not making you know, it's not you know that you did something wrong. What what we all have to realize is that uh, all of us are human. We we all experience the human condition together, and uh, there are many factors in in why uh, people don't eat condoms. You know, um, we're always saying practice safe sex, practice safe sex, practice safe sex. But I got to tell you, none of us would be here if if people did practice safe sex 100 percent of the time. You know, it's That's right. You know, so we just I'm have excited. To be, what's that? I said, I'm just really excited to have, um, you know, somebody like Jake on because it's a perspective that we don't get to hear a lot about. It, it is. And, and I'm, I'm interested to hear what he's got to say. And I'm interested to know where he, uh, what, what he thinks about all of it. Right. And so. um, a part of me is excited to hear about um, what they're teaching in school today about HIV and has his school changed anything about what they teach about STDs and HIV since he is there and is he open? So these are all great things that we'll talk about when Jake comes on in a couple minutes. But first, I want to I want you to tell us about about what what is so important about this Oscars this year. Oh, uh, so I have a a friend of mine is actually nominated um, for a little movie he made, and. Uh, it's, what's interesting is that many um, have already seen this, this little movie. And uh, my friend's name is Peter Staley. And he made, he made this movie called uh, How to Survive a Plague. And uh, it's a documentary. And tonight, Peter has left Brooklyn, New York. And he is sitting um, in, the, in the audience tonight in Los Angeles in Hollywood, California. And uh, he is, he's in his tux. And I just want to, I want everybody who's listening to root for Peter because uh, Peter is one of the founding members of ACT UP. Uh, actually, ACT UP, period. And uh, you can see some of Peter uh, laying, you know, laying in the streets and uh, doing the death, you know, the die-ins where they would go and they would just all lay down. Uh, and, and, you know, be dead and that sort of thing. And, and it's it's just, I have to tell you, I'm I'm so thrilled, Peter, and I'm so excited to know Peter, and um and I'm just I I I uh, I'm really excited to see you know where this goes for him. And I think it's I think it's a complete honor, especially to be nominated. And um and yay, Peter, go up. <laughs> yes, I mean it's just excited because. You know, there's really not a lot of um, HIV or AIDS-related movies, you know, that are nominated for these kinds of awards. So to have this documentary, which, you know, I wouldn't call a small movie, but it's an incredible, powerful movie that everybody who is living with HIV should go out and learn because it really talks about the history of AIDS and, and you know, things of that nature. So I think it's important that people watch these documentaries because, this is where we came from. We can't forget where we came from. But 
speaking of where we came from, how about where we're going and where we're going to next is to speak to Jake Forth, who is sitting on the line. I see him. Um, so let's go ahead and bring him on. Jake, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? Great, great. How are you doing? Hello? <laughs> You're there? Robert, right. went quiet. Robert went quiet there for a minute. Hi, Jake. This is Jeremy. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? <laughs> Just peachy. You know, you're, you know, you know, you do realize that tonight you're going up against the Oscars. How do you feel about that? I feel like I can. I, 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 I my story's better. <laughs> we agree. Do you have a little gold statue? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> one day, though. One day. That was funny. Fantastic. So, Jake, one of the um, – actually, the way that I came across you um, um, is actually a video that you filmed for yourself that – actually, I actually filmed the one that our friend Justin B. Terry Smith actually created the campaign, which is Write a Letter to, your, to HIV. Yeah. So I wanted to um, talk a little bit about that. What made you decide to do that? Well, it was a few months ago I had actually contacted Jack McEnroe um, asking him – what I could do because I was ready to, you know, put in my effort in the community and try to change the way things were going on, especially in our in our local community. And he um, told me about this project and told me that it was a great way to, you know, get yourself out there. And he said he'd try to put me in contact with some people. So I finally sat down and made the video because it took me a while because I was, one, I was nervous because that was my first initial like hey everyone out there i'm hiv positive Mm -hmm. so i was a little nervous about that but once i finally got it on there and got the responses that i got it i knew that it was a good thing to do so how did you find out about that campaign like how did what made you decide to like where did that come from that that was what you were going to start off with um it just was he had told me about it and he told me that it was something that he had done, so I had got on YouTube and watched all the uh, Letter to HIV stories, and some of them are really, really sad. <laughs> right. And so I knew that it was something that I really wanted to do. Wow. No, that's interesting, because Justin, you know, com- comes on the show a lot, and he's actually um, co-hosted a few times for Jeremy when uh, either him and Jack couldn't make it. So I was curious how you came across that campaign, because it is, you know, close to us here. At the show, um, so let, let's kind of rewind it and kind of start from the beginning of you know when you were diagnosed. Um, let's talk a little bit of what made you go get tested in the first place. Um, well, I was with a guy, and we were together for maybe like, and we weren't like dating together, but you know we were together for like three months, and um, I hadn't talked to him and three months since we had went our separate ways and he out of the blue texted me and said, Hey, just so you know, I got tested and I'm positive. He's like, and my levels as of right now show that I've been positive for a while. Um, cause I think when he had told me, he said his, his levels were like his viral load was at like 67,000. Wow. And so I put it off for a few months and that he told me in March, and I put it off for a few months, and finally I went and got tested in May, 
or in July, and I'm sorry, in June. No, it was July. It was seven two of two thousand twelve. There we go. And I went and got tested, and it came up positive. And when I went and got my initial blood tests, I'd only been I hadn't been positive for very long because my viral load was somewhat low. It was only at six thousand, and my um, white blood cell count was in the 400s, but steadily dropping. Right. Now, this is all, you're taking all this in at the age of 17, right? That's when you were diagnosed? Oh, yeah. I was I was 17 years old and, you know, working full-time and trying to get by. Now, were you, were you educated about HIV? Like, what did, did they teach you that when you were in high school? Like, how did they approach it? Because we talk about it as, you know, when we went to high school 15 years ago or more, you know, how they kind of... <laughs> 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of like... <laughs> wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold, wait, wait, wait. I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> you, were in the, um, you were in... Jeremy, you were in the Enmore group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah you see, you know, my 20-year my high school reunion is coming up in October. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. my dear. I haven't graduated yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. Just just wait. Just wait. That's <laughs> because funny. you start you, you get to that you get to you get to be dare I say it, my age. And and you look back over the last twenty years and you're like, Holy cow, where where did all that time go? You know, and so so Jake, enjoy the time. Just <laughs> eat yeah. it. Okay, these people are making fun of me now. I know Michael Lee Howard. I did not graduate with Lincoln. I graduated with Daniel Day-Lewis, who thought he was Lincoln. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, okay, but um, we, were, we were talking about schooling, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, how was it, like, when you went to school? Like, how did they approach sex ed, you know, things along that nature, and HIV and STDs? Um, you know, we didn't really have a sex ed class in high school, it was actually in middle school, and this was um, a topic that they kind of brushed over. And I didn't go to, like, a Catholic school or anything. I went to a regular private school in a good part of the town. And they basically told us that HIV was a disease that wasn't curable. And just like any other STD um, or STI, the only way to fully prevent it was to not have sex at all. They preached abstinence instead of, actually teaching us ways to prevent it and teaching us the ways that it's contracted and things like that. They just kind of brushed over it because I don't think they, I don't know, they just decided not to teach that. Are are, are you, what, um, and, and you don't have to give the city or the state, but are, what region of the United States are you in? <laughs> I'm in Indiana. Oh, well, there right. you go. Right, in, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> okay. Right in the center. So, so so you're in Indiana and Indiana is it and I I may and I, I'm asking this for for um because I'm gonna make a point. Um here right now is because when you are okay, so you were in Indiana, which is a heavily Republican it's a I believe it's a it's a very red state. It's a very oh, yes, Republican, it's a very very left. Republican state. So when you are in those states you're not allowed to talk about condom use. You're not allowed to talk because they will they will yank your funding. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's so they you're only allowed to talk about aspirins only. Mm-hmm. So, so okay. I want I just wanted to make that correlation, and I also believe it's um, in those better states where you have a higher rate of teen pregnancy. Oh, yeah, because it's like I have multiple friends from my high school that are pregnant. And it's like I look at my high school and then compare it to, like, if you compare it to, like, not even just my high school, but Indiana as a state compared to a more democratic state, our levels are higher of pregnancy and things in close relation to, and if not only, HIV. Yeah. Because they don't they don't teach it. They they teach the best way to prevent it is to not do anything. And we're teenagers, we're going to have sex. Oh. Say it isn't so. <laughs> well, I mean it's true. We No we, You you teen you teenagers today, you don't you don't do that kind of thing, do you really? You know, we're perfect we're perfect kids, but we sometimes That's slip right. up and you know how it well, is. Let let me tell you something, Jake. You you didn't slip up, and and I and I was talking about this earlier. Is, um, you know, a lot of our parents they want us to you know hold off and wait and and, and you know that's all well and good, you know it's all a, a great idea. Sorry, parents, if you're listening, uh, to any parent who's listening right now, but, but I'm going to break it down. When you are between the ages of twelve sometimes early as 10, and 25, boys are going through some hormonal changes. Um, and let me tell you guys that boys really want to try out what this new thing is that's happening to their body. And a lot of it is, you know, it, it, oh, my God, why is my pants, why are my pants getting tighter now? I can't walk up to the chalkboard because there's something sticking out of me. You know, and, and we call that a penis, those of you who are listening. Um, but uh, kids are going to experiment with that. So I, I think the, the best thing to do is to be honest about sex with your kids from, uh, from, from early on, uh, you know, when they're starting to hit puberty. And, and oftentimes, parents are really not comfortable talking about sex with their children. Yeah, my I mean, my dad wasn't very comfortable ever talking to me about it. One, because I wasn't maybe, I was 15 or 16 when we finally sat down and had that conversation. And at that point, they had already known that I was gay. So, you know, it's like, that's not the normal conversation that you have with your son. Right. Because, you know, my parents didn't know about what I was doing. I was a secretive kid. Like, I left... Oh, I would have brought them them a picture book here. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing tomorrow. This was last week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Anyway, keep going, Jake. Sorry. But you're fine. Um, (laughs) Jake, let me ask you this real quick. Do you feel that you being who you are, whether it is... Um, being gay or now being HIV positive, do you think that that has been like a, something that you've been able to use as like a teaching tool uh, for your parents? Because since you said they weren't really, you know, educated on the fact of it before, 
are you using that now as something to teach them, and are they accepting of it? Like, how was it when you sat down and told them that you were positive? Um, when I sat down and told them it was positive, my parents are divorced, so it was two separate times right. that I had to sit down and tell them. I told my dad first, and I told my mom. And I'll just run through it all with you real quick. Um, I told my dad, and he cried, cried a lot, cried more than when I came out as being gay. And he was very distant for a little while because he didn't know, you know, they were freaking out about because there was other kids in the house. They didn't know what precautions need to be taken. You know, for a while, my my toothbrush was wrapped up in a plastic bag, just things like that because they didn't know. Until right. I finally, I dragged them to the doctor with me and said, okay, this is this is what it is. This is how it can be transferred. Everyone's safe. Um, my mom was a little bit more accepting, but she's had a close family friend of hers die from AIDS. I'd say when I was about 11 years old, so what, seven years ago? So that, it kind of hit home with her because, you know, she didn't know, well, one, he was never undetectable, so he wasn't healthy. So she'd only known people with HIV as getting AIDS and dying. Right. You know, they they were afraid that I was going to die. And it, it takes time for people to realize that, hey, I'm not going anywhere. So, so what are some of the things that you told your parents to kind of reassure them that, you know, HIV isn't what it was like in the early days. People can live longer, you know, and the medicine is better. Like, how how were you able to approach that with them? Well, I I was a youth counselor on a youth group downtown here in Indy, and one of the coordinators there gave me a giant, like, two-inch binder of just info on HIV. And so I brought it home, and we went through it, and we went through the medicines and how they work and the medicine or um, how it's prevented and how if I stay on my medicine, I will be fine my entire life. And that and a combination of talking to my doctor too and hearing it from my doctor that I'm going to be okay kind of gave them their reassurance they needed that I was going to be fine. Hmm. So, so we have a we have a question coming out of the chat room. Michael Lee Howard is asking, "How has this affected your dating and meeting people at at such a young age?" Um, for a while, for for a few months, I didn't date anyone because I wasn't ready to. Because I wasn't ready to disclose my status like that. I was very sheltered. I didn't feel like I was ready to date. But once I started dating, you know, me personally. It's something I tell somebody the second that we meet, like on the first date, because I feel like if I tell you now and you're okay with it, then good. But I'd rather find out sooner than later that you're not okay with it. It I've had, I mean, and I've had people walk away when I told them. I've been sitting at a table at a restaurant by myself because someone walked out on me. Wow. It just that's just some people aren't educated as educated as other as others. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> so h- how have you been with disclosing to your friends or particularly other kids that you're in school with? Do they know? Yeah. Um, I 
talked to, you know, when I first found out, the first person I went to was one of my best friends. And because I didn't know where to, I didn't know, like, who to turn to, I had no one that was really close to me besides her that I felt like I could tell anyone anything about. Well, then I started talking to other friends of mine, and it just, it came up in casual conversation. And so by probably a month after I started telling people, most of my close friends knew. And then I had people who were going through similar issues, whether it be pregnancy or other STDs, coming and talking to me about it, um, trying to get advice on how to tell the parents, on how to get treatment, and things like that. Because I was lucky enough to know I, I had connections, I knew where to go to get treatment for things I knew where to go to get tested, and some kids don't. No, that's important. And, you know, it, it's easier to talk to somebody who's your peer um, when you're, you know, on, on certain issues like sex and, and STDs and, and where to get tested. For me, I feel more comfortable talking to somebody who's my age than somebody who's older, you know what I mean? Especially, you know, when you're in high school, you don't really want to, you know, you usually don't talk to adults, you talk to your friends, and, and that's where you come as a good resource to that. Have you ever thought about speaking at your school? Um, I've, I don't think that my school in general would be a good starting point because I don't think my school would go for that type of thing because they're very, I would just say, closed-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've had issues before with um, people trying to start a gay straight alliance and they've just had issues with anything considered gay mm-hmm. since the start. So I don't think my school in general would be a good starting place, but I would love to talk to schools in general about the you know, issue. And, and, and it, it, what's, what's interesting is you're saying my school isn't a good starting point. Unfortunately, your school is probably the place where it needs it the most. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it's, it, Here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. Look around you. You know, it's, what is it, uh, you know, one in every five HIV-infected individuals don't know that they're infected. And, and Jake, you are, and and I hate to say this, and and I hate to put you into a statistic, but but since we're talking to you, um, the the statistic is, is that you're in the age group that makes up over a quarter, 25% of all new infections. Oh, yeah, I believe it. And, and so, uh, you know, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, broad and you dudes, um, I have to cover everybody, you know. Um, but, guys... Jake and I hate to say I hate to say this, but Jake is living proof that the message isn't getting through into our schools, into in, into the ears of the kids that need to hear it. And and I'm not saying that. It, so I what I'm saying is is that it has to start with it has to start at home with um with with the parents talking to their kids openly and honestly about sex. All aspects of sex. It also, well, and you, you know, and then it also has to be reinforced in school. 
Well, I understand, like, it does need, yeah, it does need to start at home. But I think one of the issues is a lot of kids are coming out when they're 16 and 15 and 17. You know, I've known multiple people that have been openly gay since freshman year of high school. Right. And the thing is, I don't think it's easy for a parent to talk to their son about sex when they know that they're in a homosexual relationship. At least I know it wasn't for my parents. It wasn't right. something, It wasn't something that was really talked about between me and my dad. It was something that me and my stepmom openly talked about, but and me and my mom talked about a little bit more. Yeah, the women take it easier. When I'm sorry, what did you say? Like I said the women take it easier. Oh, when, I, when, definitely, when you yeah. Like that because they don't feel that, you know, they're not insecure about it. Um, no, it's a, it's a touchy subject. So when you had to sit them down and, and tell them individually that you were positive, did it kind of feel like you were coming out all over again? It was much harder than coming out because I knew the one thing that me and especially my mom had stressed to me is I want you to protect yourself and I don't want to see you basically contract HIV. That was the one thing that they didn't want to happen. And it was hard because I felt like I let them down by saying, okay, well, I know you guys didn't want this to happen, but it did. That was the hardest part for me. I, I felt the same way when I had to sit them down, my mom down and tell her that I was positive. It was kind of like, I felt like I was disappointing her. Yeah. I mean, because you don't feel as much like you're disappointing them when you come out as being gay because you feel like you're kind of showing them the real side of you. Right. But when you come out as being positive, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I made a mistake, which at mm -hmm. this point now I I made mistakes, but I know that me being positive has made me a better person. Right. No, I, I, I agree with that. That's one of the things that I talk about is how I kind of view it as, as a gift, and I'm kind of glad that it happened to me because the person that I was before, the life that I was leading, um, I was so selfish. I, I, you know what I mean? I was addicted to drugs, and I would just go and have random sex all the time, and it was just not a good person to be. And, you know, once I was diagnosed to kind of like put cement in my shoes and kind of really made me stop for a minute and look around me and, and kind of see what was really important to me. You know what I mean? So it totally has changed me for better as an individual. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I can agree with what you're saying with that. Yeah. it, it Because I, I went through the same similar thing. I just, I wasn't making the best life choices and I knew once I got my diagnosis, I, you know, I stopped smoking and I don't drink anymore. I don't, I'm, it's matured me a lot and made me a lot more responsible with my decisions. Jeremy, do you feel it has done that for you? What, what's that? How do you feel? Do you feel it's done the same thing for you? I can't hear a word you are saying, Robert. I said, do you feel that it has done the same thing for you? I, I think so, you know. Yeah, it, it, it has. And um, it, it's interesting because you, you just, I, I think, you know, finding out that you're HIV positive isn't easy. It, it isn't easy, but it has taught me 
um, taught me a lot about myself and about the choices that I made and that, and that things like that. You know, um, I, I got to tell you, when I told my parents, I left them down. Oh. You know, I, I think we all put ourselves through through the paces. You know, it's, oh, I let them down, I let me down, you know, you know, and, and, and things like that. But it, it's what we have to learn and what we have to accept is is the uh, is that we have to accept the the consequences of our actions, whether they're good or bad. And um, the only way that we're going to do that is if we make good, solid uh, decision making. Um, I just want to let our uh, listeners know that we are at the bottom of the hour, and uh, we're talking with with Jake. Jake, what's your last name again? Fourth. Thorpe? Fourth. F O R T H. Fourth. Yes. Now here here I am. I'm and I'm you know what's even sadder is I'm looking at it right now. I'm I'm literally looking at your name going, What's your last name? Um oh, Lord. Okay, so we're talking with Mr. Jake Forth and uh he's eighteen and uh found out that he was HIV positive on just less than a year ago. Um Jake I'm going to kind of switch some topics, you know, switch switch subjects just a little bit here. Um, are you uh, currently on medication? Yes. And if, if so, how has that hit you from a from side effects, compliance, you know, adherence to your medication? Um, how are you dealing with with the responsibility that is HIV? Um, well, I'll say it again. I am on medication. And it it was hard when I first started just because of the side effects, because I had um, the beginning symptoms of HIV, and then I had the side effects on top of that of the medicine. And, you know, it was hard at first to remember to take it, I've, and I'm glad to say that I've only missed one dose in the entire time I've taken my medicine. Um, but... Oh, dear Lord, what was I going to say? The only issue that I've noticed is because as of right now, all of the side effects have, like, my it's kind of evened out with my body, and I'm finally, I don't have the side effects as much anymore if I do get them, they're really subtle. But it's made me kind of have to, like, track myself on what I'm doing every night because I know every night at 10 p.m. I have to take my medicine. So I know every night at 10 p.m. I need to be on my way home or home or somewhere where I know I'm going to stay because when I take it, it makes me really tired. I'm ready to, I'm ready to pass out once, but maybe half an hour after I take it. But I mean, once I started taking it, I had to, you know, set an alarm in my phone every night for 9.55, hey, take your medicine. And, you know, I keep a bottle in my car and a bottle at home and a bottle in my gym bag. And just so I have I have some in case anything happens. And it's, it kind of makes you plan and prepare a little bit better. Because if I beforehand, before I was on medicine, you know, I'd just run off and go do something. Well, now I have to actually sit down and think about what I'm going to do, where I'm going to be, how long I'm going to be there, the chances of if I'm going to stay or not. 
it, in that aspect, it makes you more responsible too because you have to plan ahead, and that's not something that most 17-year-olds do, nor 18-year-olds. So how are you, how um how are you dealing with the uh, cost of medication? Um, luckily, my insurance covers most of it. Thank God. Um, and most anything else I cover on my own because I work full time. So that's one blessing with it. Right. Well, that's good because that's you know one of the big issues that we face is the, is the price of being able to afford our medications because there's so many. Americans who can't um, get, you know, the medication to save their lives, to make them feel better. So I think it's important. What would you say to somebody, um, this kind of just randomly came to my head, and I don't mean to change topics again, but what would you say to somebody who is in school with you who may be saying, like, look, you're fine. Why do I have to worry about getting HIV? You look totally perfect, like you're not sick at all, and you're living a happy life. Why, why should I even worry about it? I'm sorry, I didn't, I missed half of that. What did you say? No, I'm sorry. I think my microphone might be having an issue tonight. I said, what would you say to somebody if they walked up to you from your high school and they said, look, you look totally fine. You don't look sick. You're always smiling. You know, why should I worry about HIV? You're not dying. Why should I, you know, practice safe sex or not have sex at all? You look like you're totally fine. Because people say that to you. I mean, they will say Um, that. Well, first off, I would say, you know, I may be happy on the exterior, but there's always there's always that worry in the back of my mind of, okay, what if I what if something happens health wise? You know, I have to sit down and disclose to every partner, hey, just so you know I have HIV. Is that okay with you? It's it's not yes, this the stereotype of it has kind of died down and it's not as serious as it used to be. But it's still a disease, and it's still a disease that, if not treated right, can take your life. Mm-hmm. So it's always something serious to me because I know that if I don't treat it right, I know I will die if I don't take my medicine every day and adhere to my um, hospital visits and everything else. You know, I may feel fine, but I still have to go every three months and get that that blood drawn. I still have right. to sit down and talk to my doctor, and you know, make a plan on if something does happen and I build a resistance. I may, you I know, know, I may. You know, it's, you know, it's, we all have to do that, you know. It's, yeah. Tuesday, I have to go get my, go get my results because I had my blood strong this past week. So, you know, it's, I, I, you're right. And, and there is that, you know, there's always that underlying when I go in for the, you know, and me, I'm, I'm an old veteran at this. You know, I've been, I've had HIV for the last 15 years this year. Um, and and you, you go in, you walk in, you sit down, and it's like, well, what are they going to tell me? You know, are my numbers bad? Are they good? What You know, what's going on? What's happening? Yeah, you know, there's so always it, that fear in the back of your mind of, okay, what if my numbers have spiked? What if something's happened? But then you, you just kind of learn and, and just, it's like, all right. If, if they went down, it's probably a blip. You know, we'll just retest. You know, you get over that. But still, there's always that that underlying little thing in the back of your head. That that. Um, hey, hey, we have a follow up question that uh, is coming out of Facebook. Actually, I'm I'm like flipping between different uh, sites <laughs> because people are listening all over. 
um, there's uh, one of the, the, the get. Uh, uh, what are you on that makes you tired? Um, I'm on a tripla, and it's just a common side effect of the medicine to make you tired when you take it. Anyone? What, what, time are you, what time of day are you taking it? About 10 p.m. Once I get off work, oh. usually I'm on my way home. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, guys. Um, uh, he's up. Uh, the 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 documentary is is. Uh, it looks like they're getting ready to announce for best documentary. Um, and how to survive a plague is, is nominated. Let's see who wins. Oh. Oh. Peter didn't get it. It went to Searching for Sugar Man, whatever the hell that is. Well, congratulations to Peter anyway. Um, congratulations to quick. Peter Staley for being nominated. Anyway. Yes, I want to real quick open up the phone lines for people to call in. If you're listening or like to call into the show and uh, speak with us or Jake or you have a question or a comment, uh, you can reach us at 347-215-9442 and press the one button so you can speak to us and we know you want to come on live the, on the air. Um, and, yeah, give us a call. The lines are open. We have about 15 minutes left of the show. So, um, Jake, you know, you talked about how you're the type of person who would like to disclose like on the first date. You kind of rather put it out there. What are some ways that you bring up that you're HIV positive or ways that you do disclose? Do you just come out and say, hey, I'm HIV positive? Like, what are some ways that you do that? Um, I mean, I'm assuming that you have gone on quite a few dates. I mean, you're an attractive young man. I'm sure it's not hard for you to to, you know what I mean, to, to get a date. So what are some tips that you can give or some ideas that you can do to kind of start that conversation? Well, it's always a sensitive subject, and I've tested a few ways from, you know, slowly working into it by talking about how I got sick and then just flat out saying, hey, it's just so you know I'm HIV positive. And, you know, the best way that I've had responses, I, I'm trying to think of the ways that I've, done it so far, I think the best way that I've done it is we were sitting down at dinner and he'd asked me how it was to come out to my parents and we were talking about coming out and I said um, coming out to them about my HIV status was even harder than coming out about being gay. And then he looked at me and he was kind of tossed back and he was like, Oh, you're you're positive. I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and then we talked about that for a while and then I mean, it was nothing. I mean, do you feel so, that people um you know, generally give you what kind of I mean, do you usually get a a good response or do people usually like sit through because I know like I go to a support group here and the younger guys in the support group who are in their early twenties you know, they struggle with disclosing and going on dates when they meet people. Um, and they find that a lot of the times they'll disclose and then never hear from the person again after that date. Like, it's kind um, of like they're nice to your face and then never call you again. Yeah, I've, that's happened before, too. The biggest response that I that I get all the time is I always get, really? You're so young. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, awesome. it happens. Right. It, it does. I mean, especially when I was 17, I'd tell somebody, yeah, I'm 17. And then we get into talking, and I'd tell them that I was HIV positive, and they're like, really? But you're so young, and you look so good. And I'm like, that's because I take care of myself. 
Right. Well, that's cute. I was going to say, um, we, no, I was going to say real quick, we have a caller who's sitting on who wants to come on air, so I'm going to go ahead and bring that caller on. Area code 815, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Joseph. Hi, Joseph. How are you? I'm doing great. Great. Welcome to the show. Do you have a question or a comment? Uh, actually, uh, Jake, this is Joseph. I'm from Indiana. Um, I grew up uh, at the same time Ryan White uh, was going through his ordeal through the school system. And I'm I'm curious, um, and I may have missed it earlier, what is your experience with your classmates, um, your employer, and, and, and the community as a whole? Um, I haven't had any bad experiences with my classmates or my employers, I can really say. Um, as of right now, my employer currently now knows that I'm HIV positive. My previous one knew too, but um, I I don't know. That didn't really turn out the greatest. But, I mean, the response from my school and the people that I know from my school has been more empowering because they're like, they're proud of me for, you know, coming out and being open about my status so young. I mean, I haven't really had a bad response about it. You're lucky. Yeah, I I got very lucky because so far, friends and family-wise, you know, family, it took them time to come accustomed to it, but I really haven't had any bad responses from anyone that I really care about. Well, that's always a good thing. Well, Joseph, thanks for calling into the show, man. All right, thanks. Thank you. And remember, the lines are open, 347-215-9442 is the number to call us here and to speak to Jake. Uh, Fourth is his name from Indiana. So uh, what what has been the biggest struggle for you since you've, you know, been positive? I mean, within the last year, what, what has been the struggle that's, kind of bothers you the most because, I mean, I can't picture that you're this well off after so many months, but maybe so. Well, I think for me the biggest struggle was coming to terms internally that I was HIV positive because it was something that I had always promised, you know, I'd always promised my mom that it would never happen. I'd always promised my mom that I was using protection and protecting myself and, um, it was coming to terms with the feeling like I let them down and right. that, wow, I actually am HIV positive. This isn't a dream. That was, I think, the hardest part. Was Now, were, were you – did you know anybody who was HIV positive before you were diagnosed? I mean, was it something yeah. that you generally were, like, educated about or – You know, I was – I, I it it makes me sad to say today that I was the type of person that if someone told me that they were HIV positive, I wouldn't touch them because I was afraid because I've seen, especially with, you know, having our close family friend die, I right. I was afraid because I didn't know how really to prevent it. You know, and I've learned so many different ways that it can be contracted and prevented since I've become positive, which is... Sadly, it's kind of ironic because if I would have known back then, then I might not be in the situation. But then again, I have to look at, okay, well, look at what this situation has brought me so far and mm-hmm. how much of a better person it's made me. 
And, also, and don't forget, and, and uh, what I, well, the other thing that I want folks to understand too, and, and Jake, you also, is that treatment, being on anti-ARVs, um, antiretroviral, and being undetectable is also prevention. So, yes. you know, treatment equals prevention. Um, and and don't stop living because, you know, you're, you're, you're HIV positive. That, that, you know, that, that's, that's the, I think, the biggest thing that, you know, folks want to want to listen to. Um, I, I, I had another question, and it just flew out of my head. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so, are, are you? Did you say you were experiencing some side effects from your medications, or no? I'm sorry, what? Are you experiencing side effects from the medications at all? Um, at this point, I don't experience any anymore. But when I first started taking it, I um had a few side effects. Like right now, I really the only things I get is I get um just really tired when I take it. But um, I'm trying to remember that because it's been I've been on them for six or seven months now. But I mean, I was I was I remember when I first started taking it, I was like really really tired, and um, I always felt like I was spinning the first couple weeks. I was very very dizzy, almost. Hmm. Uh, that that's normal. Because, yeah, and you know, then after. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just saying that that's that's perfectly normal. Yeah, and then once it's the level, my levels leveled out in my body, and the, my body started getting used to the medicine. You know, all those went away. Yeah. So uh, I, I just got a message for, uh, by Joseph again, uh, who who is a caller, um, and he's asking. Uh, he he has another question. He says, "What would you recommend?" Um, as as a way to reach teens and become better aware of uh, prevention methods and and safety. What would I tell other teens to do? Yeah, what what's your recommendation? Um well, I never knew that there was places like in town, especially here, and I'm I'm hoping that they're in every other state too where you can go and get information on STDs and HIV. Um you know, you can sit down and talk with a care coordinator about all these diseases and get all the prevention things that you and the tools needed that you need to not become positive. So I would say go go somewhere if it's a youth group in your city or a health center, even talking to your doctor about the ways of not not just Preventing it by abstinence, but preventing it by protection. Hmm. Good answer. So thanks, Joseph, for that. Um, Chad, is he doing that, I guess, through Facebook? I'm sorry, what? Jeremy, is he chatting you through Facebook, I guess? He is, yeah. All right, cool. Um, You know, one of the things that you talked about um, that kind of struck a chord with me is you were talking about how before you were positive, you were the type of person who wouldn't date somebody who was which I can totally relate to, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening or who will listen to this in the archives can relate to that. And I kind of feel like by coming out to that person, you're you're kind of, you know, opening their eyes a little bit, letting them know that this is here. So they may reject you in some way, but may in another way, 
you know, you doing that could totally maybe make them go and Google HIV and AIDS and find out more about it. So I really feel that us coming out more and disclosing more to people, whether it's on a date or our family or our friends, it's really educating those people and, and starting that conversation. And it kind of is what we need to do to begin to end stigma. You know what I mean? Because when you're comfortable and know somebody who is HIV positive and you know that they're normal and there's nothing wrong with them and they're, they're fine and there's nothing to be afraid of, you know, that's when you kind of, that stigma that you have for the disease kind of diminishes. So I think the more that we come out, the better we are. So I just think that's great that you like to do that. You know, on a, when you go on dates, it's important that you do that right away because it's, it's, it's a hard conversation to have. It took me a long time to say that. And for you to put that video up, it took me five years to do my first video. And for you to do that within a year, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's very courageous of you to do that. I'm, I'm blown away how open you are about it. And I think it's just it's a great thing that you're going to represent the generation because your generation needs a voice and there's really not that many people your age that are speaking about it that I know of. So I just want to say kudos to you. <laughs> yeah, that was something that from – from the beginning, I knew that I I wanted to do something that was geared towards preventing other youth from becoming infected. I knew that whether it was, you know, talking to people at the youth center downtown or talking to them any way that I could on Facebook, anywhere, I knew that I'd done my job if I could at least help one person not become positive which is what I'm trying to do now. I, I you know, I, I think that is a great, great, I, I think it's a great idea. <coughs> so uh, let me ask you this, um, Jake, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you, maybe have you come speak at their school or be involved in something that they're working on? Um, is there, do you have a Twitter handle? A Twitter? Yes. I really don't use Twitter a lot. I'm I'm from the Facebook generation. I've never really been into Twitter, but you actually can find me on Facebook. And if you message me on Facebook, I can get um, I can either contact you there or through my email, uh, and we can go from there. But my Facebook, I believe, I'm checking real quick. Um, because I can't remember what my... No, that's fine. What I'll do is people can go to the Positive Radio Show page. There is a photos that have, you know, upcoming shows and past shows, and there's a picture of Jake. It'll be the newest one in the in the folder, and there's a, a link there that, that connects to you, that tags you in that photo that people can find you there if, if, yeah. they, if they need to. Or they can just probably look you up on, on my page or Jeremy's page. But either way, um, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I hope that I get to meet you one day at one of these conferences. Um that are, are coming up, I think that you would really benefit from the conferences, um, connecting with people. And, you know, I think you're an amazing young man, and I think that your parents should be very proud of what you're doing because it takes a real man to stand up and share like you're sharing right now and with that video. And it's it's crazy because I it, it takes a real a man to do what you're doing. And I just want to say I think you're an awesome guy, and I just I hope that you have a happy, long life and, and continue to educate people about this because it's important. Thank you for the opportunity. I mean, absolutely. This is, this is what I wanted. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Jake, Jake, you are an intelligent and handsome young guy, and I think you're going to go pretty, pretty far. So thanks for joining us for the last hour.
Thank you. <laughs> All right, Jake, you have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to tonight's program. We are done. You can go back to the Oscars or <laughs> unpause on your DVR and, exactly. and go watch everything um, that, that you may have missed the last hour. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our guest, Jake Forth, for joining us and sharing his story. What a courageous young man. I mean, wow. Um, you can find more information on Jeremy by going to PositivelySpeaking.com. More information on myself and past radio shows, you can go to pauseim.com. Thank you all for listening. Have a great night. And, Jeremy, I'll speak to you in two weeks. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.